that's such a good idea. All right, so I'm here with Robert Jacobson, um, and uh, we've known each other for a little while now. We met through Craig Fay. Um, you're his brother-in-law, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess you could just share maybe a little of what you do and uh, maybe some of your background if you want to. I don't know just who you are and stuff. So. Yeah. So um, yeah, happy to be here, Jason. Chat. Good to catch up. Um, I. My name is Robert Jacobson. I'm originally from Modesto, California, and came out to Tennessee to do a PhD on Mars geology. And I'm still working at the University of Tennessee. I'm a lecturer, and so I get to teach geology classes um, and geology education classes. Yeah, that's cool. So, do you normally like just teach like uh, planetary geology, or is it all sorts of stuff? Yeah, I teach an intro geology, which is like a very general sort of like uh, physical geology or like earth science kind of. And then I also teach a uh, like geology of the planets course. And nice. then um, I also do like a graduate seminar on like best practices in teaching. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So um, I don't know where to go with that. There's lots where we can go with that, I guess. So what do you know? Like, uh, I think I remember when I talked to you about this long time ago, you, you did you say your interests were more about the planets uh, in, in general or no? Um, you know, I think that that's where like my interests were coming out of my undergraduate studies. Um, I was really excited to learn about the planets and about Mars. And I really wanted to like um, kind of bridge the gap between what we know about Earth and what we know about or what we think we know about the planets. And that's what I really focused on in my dissertation is how can we um, leverage or use something that we see on Earth and then try to build sort of like comparisons to what we think we see on Mars. Um, and so the, the topic that I mostly focused on were um, rivers on Earth and then what we think are river rocks on Mars and the patterns that they form and the amount of water that was needed to form them. Um, and so trying to get an idea of what was the environment like on Mars um, and using Earth as sort of like the, the template or the Rosetta Stone for like, interpreting mars yeah yeah so what uh is that kind of a accepted theory now that there were there were rivers on mars or you're not yeah quite sure? yeah definitely um we we've known a, a, for a while that mars once had a much more vibrant water cycle in the past um that there was um a climate system there was um rivers and lakes um and there's potentially there's there's um theories out there that there could have been a, a whole ocean um it's still kind of debated whether or not there was like rain or was it like snow and ice so it's kind of it kind of waffles between like an environment like say um what you might find in the the arctic uh tundra or something that's maybe a little bit more further south. Nothing's going to be like rainforest wise, um, but people are kind of debate on like how warm did it get? Um, what, wh how did the water show up? Was it rain or was it like snow and ice and glaciers? Um, and so there's kind of, they don't debate the fact that there was water. They just debate what type of like 
climate conditions there were. So how do you, I remember like when we first met, you were you were explaining it to somebody and I was like, sounds like you just make stuff up. But so how do you, is that like, is it just a kind of a lot of theories? Like, how do you determine that? Uh, well, you have to go out and get more evidence. And so it's, it's really challenging. Actually, it's a very, very hard science to really prove anything. I imagine. Um, yeah. I mean, um, and because you're so you're, you're limited with gathering your data from only a certain set of observations. And so um, a lot of it is um, like trying to prove something just about Earth, maybe by just looking at Google Earth. Um, okay. You're yeah, solely yeah. looking at it from a really big picture um, a global perspective and you can do a lot. I'm, I'm not saying that, uh, Mars science is, is, uh, phony at all. No, um, I was can, saying that I was just yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm joking. You can do a, you can do a lot. Um, and cause you can also look at Mars in other, other parts of the light spectrum. You can look at it in the infrared and the um, longer wavelengths than our eyes can see and you can actually use that information to um, understand what the material is made out of and so you could be able to tell like the the land cover difference if it is um sort of like um uh just like broken up rock versus like material that may have been um uh, weathered or changed into more of like a clay um, it's been affected by water, basically. Um, and so you can see those differences at those other wavelengths. Um, you can use data that isn't necessarily um, light-based, or, or you can use it, you can use the signal to get out um, elevation, um, and you can get the topography of the landscape, and then you can start to study, like, how has the landscape changed over time? Uh, and so you're you're always trying to find a new... Um, a new way of analyzing the same data. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. You can yeah. do so much. So do you? Well, I I remember, mean, sorry, go ahead. I, mean, I, I would. I wouldn't say it's it's very different from studying, um, say, uh, ancient scriptures, um, because you really just have the same scriptures, but yeah, you're yeah. looking at it with different lenses and different um, forms of it or. Uh, methods of like breaking it apart and trying to see its uh patterns and to build an interpretation yeah yeah and build it discover the story and everything yeah, yeah that's really cool yeah that's a great way of putting it um yeah because I, I think you i remember you mentioning to me once about even with the whole question of was there life on mars and i think if i remember right you said you you had a feeling there probably wasn't because if there was that right because if there was from the evidence you've seen that it would it usually continues or something or there or yeah or yeah i don't know um yeah no i i i talk about this freely but this is like the first time i've talked about it whenever i'm being recorded so oh well, uh, you don't it. you don't have to i don't want you to put your foot in your no, mouth no, or anything. It, it, i'm just curious it's good it, it, it's about time that i uh i uh came out to all of my uh fellow martians that uh, oh, no. i don't know it's okay um yeah, no, I know. I, I, when I look at uh, the history of life on Earth, um, the Earth has been radically reshaped by the presence of life. Um, it, uh, life has uh, altered our atmosphere, changed our oceans, um, 
you find it everywhere on earth there's actually very few places where you can't find evidence of life um and so that tells me that life is a tenacious force that can almost once it shows up somewhere it almost can't be stopped um and so if mars had life i would expect its um fingerprints to be everywhere and okay. it's it, it's um the signs of it to be almost self-evident um and so the fact that we do not have anything that's really definitive or even leaning towards um conclusive evidence that life probably existed on mars um tells me that the more and more we look the more likely it is that it could possibly not have ever existed there um yeah, yeah. And, and i mean there's always that's just a theory or that's a hypothesis i should yeah. say um and well, um, i got a there, question yeah question attack onto that though is it could you maybe say um like like i mean you know me i just kind of stick around scriptures too i'm not i'm not that well educated but even in scriptures it'll talk about like a certain area becoming a wasteland um and in in wastelands like that is there more evidence for life on earth um or is it kind of similar to mars in that way yeah, no, I mean, uh, I would say like even the driest deserts, like we find, we find life. At least, uh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just very dormant. It's um, living under like layers of salt um, and uh, in between like um, cracks and rocks. And um, yeah, any, any the, the, they really take advantage of any sort of shadow um, because any moisture in the water will like condense in the shadow um and Whoa. uh that off that water yeah that's crazy yeah. wow so uh, i got a question about the the geology of mars though is it like um because in what is it greek mythology or no it's not even that i guess alchemy or all of them it's related to iron i think is the metal of mars i've heard that before is it is that like something that's determined or or is that just oh, yeah. according to story no, no, no. I mean, so Mars is red because of iron oxide. Um, and it is um, sort of. Yeah, so. Alas, feels like a stupid alas, question now. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're, you're good. It's like Mars is basically kind of rusted out. Um, the last sort of uh the current stage of its history and sort of the last stage of its history has been a very very dry period and um that has caused most of the surface to um sort of react with iron um that was present in the rock um, a really high abundance of iron in the rock um and then to create sort of a reddish hue um and then also um over the millions and billions of years um the creation of a lot of dust mars is a very dusty place um and so there's a lot of iron in that dust um and so it kind of coats everything wow yeah because i always heard that i didn't know if it was actually a fact though or if it was just yeah. you know according to story so are the the metals well i can't i don't know i can't imagine they would actually be accurate because i think or is it silver is associated with the moon, which is kind of strange. Is it then a, I think mercury is a mercury. Is it actually have a lot more mercury in the metal or in the 
rocks. No, I don't. I, I don't think so. That's um, just that's just I, made I up. Yeah. yeah, I think that's just making it up. Um, and yeah, it's just probably like kind of looking at like how fast Mercury like kind of goes around the sun, and then okay. like the ah. Mercury is kind of like a really, it's a, it's a liquid, yeah. and it's it's like. I don't know if it's I don't know if it like it's probably has a very low viscosity and so it it like flows really easily. Um, wow, that's a really good observation. I never thought about that. So like Hermes, the messenger god, that's yeah. yeah. So how fast he runs around the sun. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know all of them. I know Venus. I can't remember what Venus is supposed if there was a metal with that or not. But I know that's supposed to be Aphrodite. But I heard that Jupiter's tin or something like that because of all that interesting yeah so how did you get down the alchemy track uh I, i'm not really sure i just was trying to li i just was listening to random stuff when i drive with my job for podcast and i started listening to the greek myths and then um then you know they're in the roman terms they're just the planets and then each yeah. of them is associated with different metals, come to find out. And then that maps onto alchemy as well. And so right. it's like, I think Saturn is lead. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I've heard somewhere that it's got associations to Satan, but I don't know if that's necessarily right. Um, but it's, uh, but I know that the idea of Kronos and the circles around Saturn, it's like time and it's how the wave yeah. and it's really heavy and it's like constricting and they're almost like, I think it's supposed to be kind of like bonds or something, bonds of time. And it's very, yeah. so it's like the heaviest metal. Tin, I think is the lightest metal, which is like Zeus and Jupiter. Um, yeah. And I can't remember which way. I mean, I think alchemy is what you start with lead, then you go to, is it tin is next? I can't remember. I don't know. But yeah, it goes through like the planets too. It all maps on. So I don't know. That's oh, what's cool. kind of interested in it. But yeah, and Aries is the god of war, which is Mars. That one's yeah. 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 That's fun. Do you ever teach on that in class? I don't. What? Um <laughs> you should do it. Pull in some Greek mythology, man. You know, uh, a professor used to like spend a lot of time on that and i kind of i don't know <laughs> did, he, did he get kicked out of, uh he kind of got asked to retire <laughs> that's hilarious why did they think he was nuts or something no i mean he was fine he just kind of i don't know he yeah he yeah he was just kind of like yeah it's too it, too it, out there no it wasn't too out there i just i i think the it the main the main goal i think the department my department really needs to generate more majors and more interest in the field and um, i think the way that he was constructing his courses it didn't um it didn't yeah. lead to a lot more majors yeah. yeah that makes sense it's kind of more i think that would be more going down philosophy or something or i don't know yeah, yeah 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 if you're going to want to try to recruit majors you kind of want to ask them questions about geology and not Greek mythology. <laughs> yeah 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 he'd also you... give out a lot of he'd give out a lot of answers uh during his lectures and so students would basically just write those down and not actually study oh okay yeah did he teach on mars as well or yeah he taught all oh. the planets so like oh. I, mean, he, I think he taught a class he taught the class different than the way i do it he would just like do one planet a week yeah 
and I, like, I try to teach in like themes or concepts or uh, try to teach uh, like what does it mean for what's the theory behind behind why the solar system formed um, let's understand that let's look at all the data that supports it let's look at like telescopes um, how do we use them to get that data and then um, like so like the space race so like what sort of uh, technological advances are helping us make those those instruments and then get those discoveries and then um, looking at, like different processes so like impact cratering is something that happens on earth and all the other planets and so how does it work what do what do we look for when we look for a crater um, and then like what does volcanism look like on earth what does volcanism look like on other planets what is that uh, yeah, so, what's that what's that word volcanism like volcanoes oh okay i was my mind went straight to star trek sorry <laughs> yeah all right I, I thought it was like vulcan like uh yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> Live long, bro. yeah, yeah. More yeah that one yeah, yeah I'm, I'm totally my mind's totally there tractor with you yeah sorry so there's volcanoes right. on other planets though yeah there are uh so mars is primarily a vol volcanic volcanic planet um Whoa. It's, it's covered by volcanoes. Venus has uh, really large active volcanoes. Uh, and then uh, the innermost moon of Jupiter, um, Io, is like actively erupting like right now, like constantly. Um, the moon, it, dang. Yeah. And so it, it goes around Jupiter and then the four other or the three other major moons, uh, Europa, Callisto, and Ganymede, they will sort of line up with io and jupiter and they'll basically tug io in the opposite direction as jupiter and so jupiter is always pulling on io but every once in a while io gets kind of pulled in the opposite direction by those moons and so inside io it's constantly doing this there's like this constant flexing and that's just like uh. generating heat and then that heat has to go somewhere. So then it like comes up to the surface in these like massive eruptions. That poor moon. <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. You can look at it like that. Uh, I look at it as like one of the coolest things. Um, yeah. uh, can I share the screen? Yeah. Yeah. I think it should be. Yeah. That's really cool. How many moons yeah. does Jupiter have? Uh, it's got four primary moons. I think it's got like 60 or. 80 um, like total moons i wonder if this is where all the theories about zeus raping so many girls comes from <laughs> he's got so many ladies dancing around him yeah so that's crazy that it's erupting find... i didn't even know moons yeah. could be volcanoes wow so is there is there a planet while you're looking that up is there a planet that's like oldest that we know of or no um i mean we think that all of the planets formed around the same time really yeah okay maybe that could lead into the whole gravity thing or how that happens do you know <laughs> do you know how that happens how they form you can explain all that yeah um say again what what was the question and do you know how that how they form how they actually come together the it, yeah, yeah we can get well after this let's see what is this is the moon yeah that's that's io actively erupting can you see that whoa yeah that's crazy. Yeah, so this was probably taken by the Galileo spacecraft. And so it's a several images sort of stitched together. 
so, so what is like, what's when that comes out i mean that's like molten hot then or what yeah it's actually molten sulfur okay wow yeah so um and then you can actually see another there's another eruption happening right off of here wow there's a little glint and then there's actually a little faint thing coming off the side here so it's got like multiple volcanoes happening at once um yeah here's just like some other views you know are they um, all round like that too that's kind of fascinating uh, what do you mean well, just like all the planets are round. Like, why isn't there a square one? <laughs> That's probably a dumb well, question, but yeah, it's just like... It's, uh, it's by their gravity. Um, so uh, the um, gravity of the planet sort of shapes it out, evens it out into a sphere. Yeah. Uh, as it's, it's, it's rotating. And so that spherical shape actually conserves the most energy. Are they... Um, are all of them... I mean, are they like perfect spheres though? Or are some of them yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay, no, they're definitely not perfect spheres. Um, the like technical term for them is like a, a, um, a geode. Um, uh, I think that's right. Yeah. What was that last image you shared to the yellow one? What was that? Oh, that was, that was, that was IO. Okay. Um, that was the, like, that's what you'd see with your eye. Yeah. The, oh, the, wow. um, that's the uh, sulfur. Um, oh, the sulfur coming out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The color it gets its yellow color from the sulfur. So, uh, are the all the moons different colors too? Yeah. So look at uh the rest of Jupiter's moons. What? How come I've never looked this up before? This is great. I don't know. Sorry if you do this all the time. As no, no, it's, it's good. Okay, so yeah, this is uh, there's a Jupiter or no, uh, Io. Europa, Callisto, and Ganymede. And so those are the three that pull on Io. That, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, so Jupiter's over here on the left. Okay, so what's um, what are they? Are they all made of different stuff, I guess? Yeah, yeah. So um, Europa is very, uh, it's, it has an ice shell, um, and then it's covered by all of these cracks. Um, and so it's also kind of getting pulled and flexed by the orbits. Um, and the crust has sort of kind of been broken up into these cracks. And we think that the core of Europa is also doing some flexing. But instead of manifesting that in the form of volcanoes, we think that it's actually heating up the bottom side of the ice crust. And it's actually formed an underground uh, ocean layer. And so like Europa's got this like ice shell crust, then an ocean layer and then it's like rocky center. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, Callisto, you can see that it's got these different textures. It think that it's um, its crust is less pure ice that it might be mixed up with some other uh, materials. Um, oh, I want to show you. This is Europa. That's a closer look of Europa. Okay. Wow. So you can see the different cracks in it. Yeah, um, that's crazy. It looks all like yeah scratched or something it's scarred up yeah yeah wow um and then i think here yeah so that's a uh, callisto and ganymede and so the, it's ice is a little bit more mixed up with other things it's not pure ice um but they also think that these both also have um maybe possible uh ocean layers beneath them so what is our moon made of then 
It's not. Um, our moon is made of a type of rock called, um, its surface layer is called anorthosite. It is a um, kind of a, kind of a, kind of similar to rocks on earth, um, except it's like really abundant in just one type of rock that we might find on earth. Um, so, uh, um, okay. Yeah. So, so they're in the group. They're in groups that are made of a lot of silicon and oxygen, um, so they're called silicates. Okay, sorry if I'm not asking guy. a lot of just like base questions here, not getting and yeah, it's probably stuff no, you repeat all the time. But no, you're good. I mean, I most people don't realize that there's like two two parts to the lunar crust. There's the dark part, the mare, and the light part, um, and so these are two parts. This is this is one crust made out of two parts. Um, the white part is much older. Um, you'll see a lot more impact craters on it. And uh -huh. then uh, get a little closer. Um, and then these dark parts, um, if you look at their shapes, they actually are like circular. And so the theory behind this was that these were major impacts early in the history of the moon that then um, filled up with lava that sort of emerged out from the deeper layers within the moon. Um, so then they filled in and because they're from another layer, they were made of different material. Um, and so that's where you're getting that. Do so all do all the planets and all the moons have like multiple layers apparently, or that's yeah. kind of the, did you say yes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Are most of the cores like, um, hot like the earth as well molten that's or whatever great question um yeah so Ooh, that one looks like cheese <laughs> yeah Let's so see. here's uh here's the core uh, inner solar system and yeah we think that all of the plants in the inner solar system have sort of crusts mantles and cores okay um but they all kind of look a little different um so the earth has got this really thin crust a really thick mantle uh -huh. a liquid outer core and then a solid inner core um and so there's a lot of a lot in there but then when we look at the other planets it's like they've got all these parts but they're in different proportions yeah um, so Mer mercury is like i don't know maybe like a third the size of earth but its core is equal in size to earth oh wow um, and so something happened in the history of mercury where it has a very thin mantle and a very thin crust yet it has retained a really large core um and so some theories have been like it experienced a major impact or it formed out by the orbit of mars and then got sort of like thrown into the deeper into the solar system by jupiter it's like really strong gravity um wait, mars wait. it what? got it got what again it got thrown into the solar system by jupiter what did you yeah do? so jupiter is like the quote-unquote king planet yeah um, and so everything is in orbit around the sun but where jupiter goes a lot of things follow um and so jupiter is capable of uh disrupting the orbits of asteroids in the asteroid belt Mm -hmm. um and sending them in all kinds of directions um and early in the solar system things were much less uh ordered they were much more chaotic 
And so when these planets were forming, there's a higher likelihood that they might have gotten too close to a planet like Jupiter. And then that would have like really disrupted their orbit and it could have sent them um, in a new direction, possibly oh, closer to the sun. Yeah, no, yeah, very chaotic. <laughs> um, the, the history of the solar system is like pretty violent. <laughs> Yeah, and if you think of it in terms of like story, like even the Greek myths and oh, stuff, yeah, it's totally. like, man, that's, yeah, that's a lot chaos, of fun. Yeah. How do they yeah, uh, determine the course, though? Is that just kind of guessing work or is it? Yeah, a, a little of... bit. I mean, okay. it's um, they're, they're really strong theories, I would say. I should, I should give okay. the science credit. Um, I mean, ultimately, they can do a little bit. Um, whenever they send the spacecraft, um, they can... Uh, have like an acceler accelerometer just to see how fast the spacecraft is moving and depending on the makeup of the planet it will pull on that spacecraft uh, more or less and they can use that uh, information to uh, do a calculation on just how dense the planet is they can other take other instruments that are trying to look for like a magnetic field or um, to sense the planet's gravity to sense sort of changes in the planet's um, gravitational pull um, and then they can also um, like just run multiple computer simulation models to try to see okay what what combination of crust mantle core sort of matches the data that we have from our spacecraft um, the best um, so okay it's a lot of guessing but they know how to guess really well <laughs> okay that's cool yeah yeah nice um I got another question then uh, do you do you have a telescope you personally have i do not i do not i really i really want to get a telescope um they are quite expensive um, you can build one right no I'm just oh yeah <laughs> i mean probably that, that'd be fun why why do you ask uh, i was just curious yeah i didn't know what what caused you to like have you always been interested in this stuff or was it like since you were a child yeah i mean i i really i really did like it when i was a kid um i remember having like a bunch of astronomy books and i'd like read those and um i kind of like memorize them um and then, <laughs> nice um but yeah but then like getting into like high school i took a lot of chemistry and biology because that's what like we learned out in california we never took really any geology um and then when i wanted to like study something in college i wanted something like that was like more outside and more tangible um, and so i say geology and then i was like oh i wonder if i could like study the planets and I was able to like, get an internship at NASA and that sort of like started the whole, nice. the whole journey. Yeah. That's cool. So what did you do at NASA? Was that basically um, studying? Yeah, I, um, I did a project on one of Saturn's moons, um, Titan. Um, Titan's really cool. I've heard of that one before. Tell me yeah. about Titan. Um, Titan is like a really strange a uh, really strange moon. It's the largest moon of Saturn. It's the second largest moon in the solar system. It has, it's like the only moon with a very, very thick atmosphere. Um, it has a, a thick atmosphere that is mostly composed of nitrogen, which is the same uh, major compound in our atmosphere. And so scientists like get really curious about like this moon that's got all this nitrogen um, instead of having oxygen, though, it has methane. And so methane ends up acting as this like particle that sort of creates a like kind of like a water cycle, but like a methane cycle. 
And so methane can like transition from a liquid to a gas. And so on the surface, there's actually like rivers and lakes of methane um, wow. because it's so cold out there. Methane is actually able to sort of like condense into a liquid. What is that? What would that even be like? Would that burn like skin? What I mean, um, I don't know what methane does. I just know it smells bad, right? That's a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a hydrocarbon. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. It would be super cold. It's like, it's like yeah, three hundred so. negative. So like, yeah, but um, the atmosphere is like really, really thick. Um, and so it, I think they were doing an experiment, and they like tried to like. They try to adjust for its reduced gravity. Um, and let's do um, basically there's enough there's enough atmospheric density that you could like have your own wings and you would be able to create enough force to like fly. Like if you like attached like yeah like, wingsuits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wingsuit. And if you were strong enough you could flap and you could lift yourself off the ground. They, they did this experiment where they basically like had a guy on like a pulley system and they like, they had a counterweight so that the gravity that he was experiencing was the same gravity as what would be expected on Titan. Yeah. And then, and then they like attached these like fins to his arms and like, he was like, flapping like he he was like it was causing him to like kind of rise up in the air so you should have got Titan's that job yeah <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a fun job to get yeah, yeah. um so That's yeah crazy. so here's like some uh, models of of what we think the surface looks like based on our images yeah um, this is like methods and like rivers and then this is actually from a a probe that we landed on the surface whoa um, and it has like these images of these like river cobbles um so it looks like it was pretty pretty active and moved material over the surface um, so it's not another one it's not just like methane i mean that's like what do they know what kind of rock that is there yeah great question so it is um probably made out of water ice um so it's so cold out there that any water that's present freezes okay um and so water almost acts like rock out there wow yeah that's crazy do yeah. um do the all the metals can they potentially become a gas or no yeah i think at a high hot enough temperature yeah okay because i thought i heard somewhere that gold actually can be purified down to a gas or something like that but i, I never yeah never yeah, witnessed no, I, that. i'm a pretty I'm pretty sure it has like a melting temperature and then an evaporation temperature. I mean, you probably just set that up. Yeah. Uh, but you were saying Mars is like that too as well. It's like mostly gas, an iron gas around Mars. Or something. Oh, no, dust. I was saying dust. Like, oh, okay. A lot of dust that covers Mars. Okay. Oh, I got another question about Saturn though. So I just, yeah. I didn't dig into it all. It literally was like a one of those articles that pops up on your phone and it said something about the rings around Saturn are like, apparently it was like they might finally be discovering what they're for. So I guess there's been this mystery about them or something. I have no idea. Do you know anything about that? No. Okay. All right. I don't know. It made them sound super mysterious. I'm like that. The Google ad. It was like they might finally know what the rings around Saturn are for, or mean, or something like that. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I I think 
I think one of the theories is that there was like a like a comet or a planet that kind of got broke up in Jupiter in uh, Saturn's gravity, um, and so then it like it like flattened out and continued to orbit. Um, this just are the rings yeah. made up just a bunch of like different particles and rock or ice? Yeah, a lot of ice. ice, ice, ice. Oh, okay. Um, and so that's like the material that you would commonly see for a comet. Uh, but I'm sure there's a much more sophisticated theory. I'm just kind of winging it right here. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Almost. yeah. Uh, what was I going to ask? There's something else. Oh, yeah. Have you, I may have already asked. Did you look into alchemy more? Because I remember you said you were kind of interested in it. Um, I was looking at it from more of like a um, archetypal um meaning like like who are the alchemists um what do they what do they represent um what are, what do they try to achieve um in story or in in society and um yeah looking at more like an archetypal character like uh i mean i'm trying to think of what that means do you mean like so i mean it's not it, it's where it's not actually about the transformation of metals it's like the transforming of self right or something yes. like that okay okay yeah 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 totally yeah um that and like sort of um the uh kind of like the sovereignty of the individual to kind of like be a master of their own domain um yeah yeah that's cool yeah have you did you discover anything i haven't i haven't haven't looked i haven't followed that rabbit hole um very far um yeah, I remember us talking about it at uh, Craig's bachelor party, um, and so that's why I was curious. So you you were mentioning. It. I don't think you had really like looked into the alchemist. That, no, uh, that I, yeah, it seems like uh, I'm not really sure. I've I've looked into it a tiny bit, but I mean, it just seems like I don't really know how to get at it. It almost seems like there's a yeah, because it's a it's more based about the transformation of self, as what I gather, rather than having anything to do with actual metal. Um, yeah. And it's almost seems like uh, a, does, does Jordan Peterson talk about alchemists? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, but I know much. it's it's there's like gosh, I think there's different like you know secret societies that would deal with it and stuff like that, like almost Gnostic societies or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, this this pattern of transformation where you start with the lowest metal or heaviest metal, I think lead uh, is like most dense, and so then you move through the metals and are transitioning. And turning lead into gold, um, but I don't know if it's like a, a. I mean, I would assume it's kind of like a secular process. Like once you reach gold, like you would. I mean, I don't think you just stay there. I would think it's uh, your whole life. You're kind of transforming one aspect of your life and transforming another aspect. But I could be wrong on that. I don't know. Yeah, have you have you come across any references to the philosopher's stone? philosopher's stone i've heard that reference before man i'm probably the wrong guy to ask is that yeah because is that the uh i think that is from my understanding that is the object that actually transforms lead to gold yeah. right yeah yeah, yeah uh, that's like and i think it's the pursuit of that that's like more it that's more important than the transformation. Like the gold is just, it's just part of the material world and the cycle, but the, 
the philosopher's stone is meant as like the more meaningful, more um, transcendent, the more um, uh, yeah. yeah, moving this is, towards the logos. Moving towards the logos, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, this is symbolizing perfection at its finest, enlightenment and heavenly bliss. Uh, um, is a mythical alchemical substance capable of turning base metals such as mercury into gold or silver. It is also called the elixir of life, useful for rejuvenation and for achieving immortality. For many centuries, it has it was the most sought goal in alchemy. Um, I don't know. I mean, I could. Uh, let me see here. I gotta get back to the Zoom thing. Let's share screen, maybe. I just put it into Google, but I don't know. But it, like, it's got. I don't know why it's showing me like a red stone. Is this from Harry Potter? Because <laughs> of Harry Potter. I have this image. Uh, yeah. I thought this image was interesting with the shapes, but I don't know what. Oh uh, yeah, that. yeah. Well, I, I think the Philosopher's Stone was the original name for the first Harry Potter book. Oh, okay. Yeah, see. Uh, I think they changed it. I think it changed it to the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, okay. Yeah, like this, this, the, the symbols here are kind of intriguing to me. I don't know what any of that means. I'd like to know. Uh, I mean, that looks like Earth, Moon, Sun. Yeah, that's Earth at the bottom. Yeah, that's Earth at the bottom. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's the Earth, I would say. Oh, okay. So what's this? Wait, okay, and it looks like, I wonder if that's the flower of life behind all that. Like, what you see the lines drawn behind it? Mm -hmm. That yeah. might be. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's just, it's fascinating because all these things tend to seem to overlap. Like I was saying, like, even with yeah. the, the planets, it's like that overlaps. Then you have the metals of the planets, which overlaps with alchemy, which, like, I don't know, it's just so much stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, yeah, because, okay, so there's the other thing, I don't know if we want to bring it up, because I don't know that I've thought about it enough, but, because when we were talking to, we were talking, you had asked me about alien life, and then we, somehow that led into uh, gravity, and how gravity affects time and space, and then how that almost seems to have, uh, what were you thinking, that it might have some sort of uh way that maps onto glory in the bible or something like that because you were mentioning yeah. how how christ and his glorified body seem to move through matter or something yeah yeah so i think it came down to like this sermon that i listened to and the guy giving the sermon was trying to give a definition for glory and he said it was like a weightiness um, and the analogy that he used was like, okay, if you've got a bowling ball and a bathtub, if you place the bowling ball into the bathtub, the water's going to get out of the way because the bowling ball has more weightiness than the water. Um, and so the, the bowling ball, by analogy, would have more glory than the water. Um, and so christ's glorified self in a sense has more weightiness than all of our current physical matter this physical world and so in a sense like the if he when he walks through the 
the door when the the disciples are um, in the room and they say that the door was locked. I think the door could literally just get out of the way or the 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 matter because he's got more weightiness, just like the water would get out of the way of the bowling ball. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what to do with that. That's like, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's really interesting. Um, I don't know. There, there's, I don't know. It just like really helped me kind of like, yeah, if, if Lori is in fact like this like weightiness, then mm-hmm. it just makes sense that like kind of like our physical world could just kind of, um yeah just be submissive to his will or wherever he's going it's just gonna like um, kind of follow his authority yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah yeah i don't know yeah because i was uh i'm trying to think of how that maps that That seems to i guess that maps onto gravity because i don't know i was just thinking about it for a while because i had someone a while back now that they brought up uh, yeah how time and space seem to uh are, are affected by gravity and even like what's that what's that one movie with a uh, big giant planet and time moves like super slow on it and the guy oh well, yeah. I can't think um, of yeah, 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 yeah 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 so it was like uh because the gravity was different time and space were almost different and that just made yeah. me think of like of things like attention sort of and which I think is related to glory because it's like, how much weight do you give something in your life and how much, yeah. and how much weight, how much you, a friend of mine, Luke, he would, he would probably use the word like loving gaze rather than attention. Like how much you actually focus on something or have it a, give it a loving gaze. It's like that gives it more weightiness. And then that would cause, like would actually cause uh, mat- space and time to move and transform around it. And I think, I, mm-hmm. like, even when you, like, when you have a child, it kind of, the child takes all the glory, takes all the attention and the weight, and then you rearrange your house. Like, it, time and yeah. time, time changes as well, like, time and space, like, somehow we have a way of reorient, reorient or ah, around this, this thing you're giving more glory. Um, yeah. But in Christ's circumstance, it's just kind of weird, because it's like, they don't even know he's there, and he's just... Like, it's not like they're putting glory on him. You know, it's not like this. Right. they're focusing their consciousness on this thing. It's just like, he's just there. Right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what, and what, when you've thought about gravity or glory, like, what, what has come to your mind or where does it intersect your thought process? Um, yeah, I don't know. I've been, that's what I mean. I haven't played with it enough. Like I just, um, but it's something about, I think that loving gaze, I think that might be a good way of putting it. I think that, I don't know if it's just some weird intuition I have, but I feel like there's something there with that pulling, um, matter into manifestation or something like that. I don't know why. Um, cause I think even with in terms of art or writing or something, you could have an idea, like something could come into your imagination. And then the more, the more you give it weight, the more you give it focus and attention, it's like, 
would eventually you'd start writing a story or you'd start painting a picture or something like you could actually make something from it if you actually mm. gave it enough attention and and time and then mm. uh, it seemed like it would eventually manifest and that would be in a very natural way i'm just seeing how this like if there's ways to map this on if it actually if that's how it actually happens if once consciousness focuses on an idea with such a loving gaze that it it i don't know it comes into being i don't know is that because if yeah. god if god's a divine consciousness and he focuses his love into I don't know, the earth or man or something or this universe. That's kind of how uh, things kind of like what even holds the planets together. It's just like, what, what is that, that force? I mean, you could say gravity, but it's like, what is, it seems like there's always a, a spiritual parallel or something like that as well, which is like, I don't know, I guess would be like glory, um, the glory of Mars or something, whatever. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Um, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm kind of trying to kind of follow because I there are these things so that like I do spend a lot of time thinking about and yeah, almost like kind of like parallel to like a loving gaze and I'm like Yeah, I'm just trying to think about like what is that what does that ultimately mean for end up like what ends up happening in the world? Like does it um uh, like my wife and I we wanna like find a find a house and um uh, and so I spend a lot of time on Zillow and so like there's like a loving gaze for that like perfect home. Like it's kind of like imaginary in my mind. It's um yeah. Uh, and and you're giving so, it attention yeah yeah and so i'm kind of like yeah i don't know but then there's also this like element like i feel like my mind has the ability to create fantasy and fantasy never really seems to align with reality situation yeah, um, yeah 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 and so so it's almost like for the loving gaze to actually mean something, it's got to be oriented towards something that's real. Uh -huh. uh, there has to be substance to the hope or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, there's the, there's a quote that we have um, on our wall, and it's like, peace is found in the acceptance of the truth. Um, and yeah, it's uh, Brendan Manning. Um, and that's like kind of been like a real big theme in my life is that like the truth really is the the path to peace um regardless of how difficult or even like how beautiful it is like um things that aren't like truthful or or centered on the truth they may be tempting but they're ultimately kind of like um yeah, they're fake. They're 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 fantasies. They're not real. And whatever uh, emotional high they might provide, it's not going to last. Yeah, that's a good thing to bring up. Yeah, because you can't just like willy nilly just grab something and uh, give it your attention and force your will upon the world. Yeah. The so so I mean, yeah, with this like loving gaze, I kind of 
want to flip the question like what is the gaze towards and i yeah, would yeah. argue that it can't be it can't manifest unless it's like actually real and maybe that's like that that sort of uh moral or parable that of like sowing seed that like if someone like has a loving gaze towards something that's false they'll sow and reap the, mm-hmm. that falsehood yeah yeah unless the seed yeah. falls yeah and there's self-sacrifice to it as well unless the seed falls in the ground and dies or something. i don't know yeah yeah i don't know what it's think make of the the resurrected body too though i don't know <laughs> Like, I don't even know how this maps out of that if it, if it does. And the whole attention thing, loving gaze, it could just be like, it's just something that's come to my mind. I don't know why. I think maybe just because of that, the way a child seems to s- seize the attention of everyone. And then it's just like, oh, yeah. and then it's you, you it kind of looks like every, the world, the entire world revolves around the child for a while. Like, even when, oh, yeah. So, that's, that's happening in um in our family right now. My uh, nephew yeah. is literally the the uh, weightiest point in the family. Yeah, <laughs> my my nephew as well too. It's like yeah, and it's and then when he's around, it's like yeah, the whole family is kind of yeah, like the planets circling around him or something. He's the totally yeah. Totally. So I didn't know if that, and I guess, and I kind of wonder. I don't know. Yeah, I just wonder what that all means. Because even with the sun, like all the, there's this. I mean, the sun has the largest gravity, right? And is that why everything rotates around? Yeah. So it has the biggest weightiness. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot. I think there's a lot to glean there, but I'm not sure what to do with it yet. And I don't even yeah. remember how that maps onto aliens. I can't remember how we were talking about that. I think it was something to do with metals, and I was like, I didn't know if they were. Because the earth is made of clay, but then there's like all these different metals. I don't even know where I was getting at. It was a whole weird conversation. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, do you have any more thoughts on that? I don't know. No. <laughs> no, not really. I haven't. I don't know. I, I've, I've kind of gone back a little back and forth on the, the aliens lately. Um, I, um, I don't want to yeah. get you fired what yeah no totally um <laughs> and uh yeah so i don't know i i think that fermi paradox is really really interesting i mean i think it connects that whole thing about mars like um so do you remember us talking about the fermi paradox what was it again the fermi paradox is that like if the universe is old enough and there are enough solar systems in our galaxy then there should have been enough time for an advanced civilization to come about and to like be like like have colonized the entire galaxy basically and so it kind of like begs the question like where are the aliens um and um and so it's it's a paradox it's a it's a problem without an answer um and there are some assumptions into it like life is prevalent and life that evolves into intelligence is capable of sustaining itself um, basically not killing itself um, and that space travel is inherently uh, feasible uh, and is so it, 
space travel is that just kind of the same as interdimensional travel could you even say that or no no no, no, no i'm talking more about like just like long duration okay. space colonization so like do you remember wally i never Ooh. saw all of it I'm oh no so much yeah. that. so they have this like giant ship and like everyone's like living on this giant spaceship um and they have all their needs taken care of um so basically that like you need to have a way of sustaining like a hundred generations um in a ship to make it from one star system to another star system um because the distances are so large and uh speeds approaching the speed of light are so difficult to get to um so it's going to take an incredibly long time to travel from one star system to the next and colonize it and then like get to a place where you can move on to the next one um yeah that's interesting yeah huh but yeah so even i'm trying to see if the the glory thing maps onto this because like even with the idea people's ideas of aliens um and the way christ just appears and reappears could that be said for the same thing with where people have i guess witnessed ufos or something like that i guess just a different i don't want to say different type of glory but they're uh yeah like uh, i don't know like i i, I think I think Christ's glory seems to be kind of like ultimate, like, mm -hmm. um, and when I think about like an alien civilization, I see it as almost like technologically achieved. Okay. Uh, and so like Christ's glory is. So like, uh, so it's supernatural or like trans it's like a transcendent yeah. of reality whereas like whatever glory might be present in these appearing and disappearing aliens like they've sort of like created that appearance created that appearance well okay. like they, they've like developed some sort of like technology to enable them to do it. okay Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, if I, if I so, developed it, if I developed a technology that enabled me to walk through a wall, I would not say that I have the same glory as the resurrected Christ. Yeah, but that, would that make you an alien? Like, I don't know. Uh, well, because well, there's a weird. Um, I don't know if you heard this story before, but like, there's I guess there's a lot of similarities, and I've heard this between like you know people's ideas of fairies and jinns and aliens and all that stuff and even demons and angels and spirits like angels right. being associated with but they wouldn't be i think in those circumstances aliens wouldn't be perceived to be technologically advanced they'd almost be taken as i guess like interdimensional or something weird like that i don't really know i don't know what you would do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, like if you if you were thinking of it, an angel or a manifestation think, of an angelic being. Thing, yeah, I, I guess I'm 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 curious. The question or the differentiating factor for me kind of lies with where did these beings begin? Um, and so for us as humans, I feel like we began in a very um, 
primitive state mm -hmm. and we've kind of evolved and developed into a more advanced state whereas like i feel like angels are created in that state yeah um, so they're created with a certain amount of glory um and then for these aliens i guess the question is like did they start in a more primitive state and did they then evolve and develop into a more quote-unquote glorified state or were they like created in that glorified state yeah i don't know it's interesting uh like do they actually have some sort of arc is that what you're asking some sort of narrative arc right way? yeah 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 i don't know because you have the fall of angels like apparently some of them fell so they seem to fall into uh have this descent bottom i don't know but we always perceive aliens as um what is John Jonathan Pichot? I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but I think he talks about like um, aliens are always kind of like a higher consciousness. Like that's how we perceive them in story. They're kind of uh, uh, they're always more intelligent too. They're always more um, almost like more angelic. They're heavenly beings, and then you have like demons are always like kind of monsters from below, sort of thing. Uh, and and yeah, even yeah. Uh, and I guess aliens. I guess we have stories of aliens where they come kind of almost in like demonic form, but they're always, um, yeah, but I don't know if maybe that is why, because you, we even are in our stories, we have some of the, the aliens or whatever you'd say, heavenly beings come in a, almost a demonic fashion, mm -hmm. fashion or something like that, to where they're almost like fallen or, um, I don't know. It's never good when they show mm. up in our stories, though. It never seems good either way, even when they're, even when they're super intelligent, I'm like, it always seems to bring about some type of end of the world scenario. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like what stories are you talking about? Well, I don't like uh, just it seems like all the stories where we have like aliens come into the atmosphere or something like that, that it, where humans encounter alien life, like just in movies or something, I guess is what I'm talking about. Like even in that, those things, they're always usually hyper intelligent uh far above us um they're always heavenly you know it's just kind of weird they're almost like like um our personification of heavenly angelic beings or something like that but that's just in stories i'm not in the movies i'm not talking about like actually seeing like ufos in the natural which i i do think actually happens but it's just i don't know what to make of all that either um right yeah, yeah. what what do you think about the aliens in Arrival? Arrival, you know the that was when I don't even know if I remember that movie all that well, but that was the one with the weird their communication where it was like they're talking in circles, right? How did that movie end? I don't even remember. Yeah. Um, I don't, it I don't ended, know. It ended with them as kind of being rescuers for like humanity oh okay i don't um, know if i remember that what do you think about that i mean i i thought i i thought that was a little different because they were very non-human like yeah um they were like they called them like heptapods they had like like seven legs and they like kind of walked like this and, super creepy um, yeah yeah i know yeah totally creepy 
um their language was like totally abstract um yeah it's totally like a different different uh like awareness of time time flowed forward and backward um and so i i appreciated that that sort of uh representation of aliens because it was like the most unhuman i had like sort of encountered a story yeah uh, and yet there still was this like this desire for communication and empathy and um assistance and um yeah i think i think the whole plot was like their world was dying and they they needed help but they needed to ensure that humanity didn't like destroy itself or destroy the earth because in like 300 years, like they would need to come and receive help from humanity. And so they went back in time essentially to communicate with humanity and okay, attempt yeah. to like ensure humanity, like, like took care of itself that's fascinating yeah yeah so then you have so they, they were they they were yeah they they were essentially in order for them to survive they needed to help us yeah huh yeah that's interesting that's really cool yeah. i'm not sure yeah yeah it's weird like i'm trying to I, I feel like i'm failing at this topic i have no idea what to do with it because i haven't thought about it enough but like i want to <laughs> i want to actually like it's interesting thinking about these things. I'm trying to think of where they might actually map onto some of these other ideas we've recently been discussing, but I'm like, I don't even know where to go with it. I don't know. I don't know. What's that? What's that line though? They say like aliens are always, they're always coming, but never here. Fairies are always going, but they're never gone. So have you heard that one before? <laughs> I haven't heard that one. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I like it. I don't know. I did have, um, I can't let you go soon though, but I did have another question. I didn't know, this is just kind of, I guess, more practical information. I'm just trying to glean off you for now. Do you know anything about like actual like living stones? Because when we were at the, uh, the um, what that what was it we went to? It was the museum, was it? I don't even remember anymore. And we were looking yeah, at we, all those gemstones. Yeah, we outside of a museum. Oh yeah, 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 the mineral museum. Yeah, what do you know about living stones? You got any information on that? What What are living stones? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Like, were they actually? <laughs> um, because looking at the crystals in the museum, like they're actually growing, right? They're actual stones, like gemstones that actually grow, right? Or no? No, no, no. <laughs> those those aren't growing. No, you know, I didn't think they did, and that's when we were there. Somebody told me they did, and I'm like, I don't know who it was. I thought it was you, but I guess not because, yeah, you weren't actually. I don't think I ran into you till it got split up here and there, but um, okay, so they don't actually yeah. grow, they're not actually what is considered a living stone. They, they, I don't know. I, I, I didn't, I, didn't, I hadn't heard that term before tonight. Oh, okay. Um, well, it's in it's in scripture, yeah. you know, where they talk about living stones, and then when we were looking at the gemstones, like some of them were like look like spikes, like almost like urchins, sea urchins or something, 
And that's when somebody said, oh, because yeah, they're living yeah, stones, yeah. they grow that way or something like that. And I was like, I'm just so gullible. Who knows? Who knows what I'll believe next? <laughs> All right. Sorry. Oh, wow. So what uh, are the... Um, yeah, I mean, so minerals, those, those minerals, they do grow. They grow in a different environment, um, usually underground um, with water. Um, and some like elements dissolved in the water and then those elements attach um, to the mineral and it sort of grows um, or it's like growing out of a, a magma chamber. Um, usually it's being growing out of some type of fluid and the, the atoms are able to join together very slowly over time. Um, and so those minerals all grew and then they were taken out of their environment um where they, they were like stable and then they were placed in that museum so they were growing they did actually grow then yeah what they, do they make they grew they grew and then they stopped growing and then they were put in a museum okay so what are they like the gemstones and stuff like that are they just made of all sorts of different materials is it normally is it metals or what is it or just is it a bunch of different things? So I mean, they're, they're all they're all minerals. They're they're all different types of minerals. Minerals, okay. So it's like in quartz. Is quartz just a lot of different minerals? Is that one okay? All right. Quartz yeah. is is one type of mineral. Yeah, and you can have different um, sort of impurities inside the quartz structure to give you different colors of quartz. Okay. So is that what makes a gemstone different from just a normal stone? Is because it's made of minerals or something? What what like I mean, so what, what, you cut it, out. Oh sorry. Is is that what makes so is that what makes like gemstones different from just normal stones? Because it's made of minerals? Or no, so like um stones are rocks and so rocks contain multiple minerals inside I'm them talking to a five-year-old here it's like no stones no, no, are no, rocks jason, this is <laughs> no jason oh this is literally what i tell my students so like this is like pretty standard for like college um so it's totally you really only learn that you end up taking a class in it so don't worry all right all right okay so okay we'll we'll let's start from like the most fundamental like thing so we have atoms <laughs> yeah, yeah atoms yeah. All, right, all right and then atoms atoms combine together to yeah. form minerals uh-huh and then you can take multiple minerals and put them together to form a rock okay and then the but the gemstones like they they're like those, sh shaped those, all those weird gems those yeah, though all those gems, each gem was made of one type of mineral. Okay. Okay. All right. And there, because there's some of them were just shaped or too. Like one, some of them were in cubes. Did they shape them that way, or because I thought it? No, they grew that. They grew that way. That's what I thought. That was that was suggesting when we were there. I was pretty sure it said that. What, yeah, some of them were like perfect cubes. Even like there were some black yeah, ones. I so, think. Yeah, that's where the atoms, so the atoms make the minerals, 
the atoms are actually bonding at like 90 degree angles all the way through. And so it's a cube, no matter how you slice it. It's crazy. I mean, I just don't even understand that. I don't know. It's just fascinating to me that that actually happens. Uh, yeah. yeah. But then, see, that's weird too. Then, then why won't we have a cube planet? You know? Because it's just, well, it rounds so itself like, out. Gravity, gravity acts at, um, gravity is, a, is stronger at that scale and of that mass. So, gravity like um the the bonds and the forces that are controlling the bonds and the atom are much stronger than gravity's effect on one atom okay mm. yeah and it's the opposite way that like the mass of the planet um is much much has much more effect and the gravity overall than the the bonds that might try to build a cube planet. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know what to do with all that. That's a lot of. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't even know what was considered a living stone. Then I always, I guess I always thought it was gemstones, like in the scriptures when it talks about it, because they put, you know, they put the I think it's twelve stones in the ephod in the breastplate of the priest, and they're supposed to like light up or something like that. Uh, so I'm assuming they were gemstones of some sort where they would light up. Yeah, yeah. I think there was like different names like onyx and uh, uh -huh. tope, topaz maybe or... Yeah, um, yeah. I, I just remember they had a list of names. Um, yeah. So yeah, they were probably gems, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do with all that. It's just that, yeah, it's just fascinating. I don't know. I didn't know if that's why they were considered living stones. Maybe if that had something to do with the way light reflected into them. I know a lot of times people use those different stones for, uh, I mean, even like in different types of magic and healing practices too as well and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I mean, I could see a name like healing or um, live stones come out of the way that the light reflects off of it i guess that that could like indicate a name well supposedly um, they like, yeah work with energy in weird ways too because doesn't quartz do something like that it like is it not yeah well quartz quartz has a vibrational um pattern that causes it to um basically like when it takes in photons um, from sunlight it can transfer those photons into electricity um, that's why um, that's why solar panels are built out of the same uh, elements as quartz well wait so quartz just by receiving sunlight can transfer that into electricity um that's i don't crazy. think you can get electricity off of a quartz crystal oh yeah but uh the silicon and the oxygen that make up the quartz i believe that there's a type of there's a type of wavelength of light that really sort of like matches up with it Ah, huh, that's fascinating yeah yeah i don't know yeah I, I don't know i i'd like to like i said i still need to i mean as you've probably discovered it's like talking to a two-year-old here I don't know hard much of anything. I just no, know very, very no, surface no, level good. stuff. 
and it's all like scattered surface level stuff where I'm like, I need to look more into this, and then I haven't. But all the different gemstones, yeah. I, I really no, want to look into because uh, even some of them, I remember when we were in India, we went um, and they were showing us some of the gemstones there that they had used, I think, for the Taj Mahal or something, and they would even have the way light right. would reflect to them. Uh, they would like one of them actually would should like if you looked at it it would have a cross on it the way the light would reflect on it another one was like a six-pointed star i can't remember what the different stones were but um, yeah it's just nice. inter- fascinating all the different so i mean there's just so much stuff there's so much stuff out there it's, how am i supposed to look everything up i don't know do you have a favorite yeah. uh wait go ahead what did you ever get into gold panning I bought, okay, so I bought more stuff, and then, I think I told you this, right, when I was buying the stuff again? I haven't been, though. I haven't uh, been back out. I uh, I actually signed up for the, so I'm a member again of the, what, Gold Prospectors Association of America or something. It's like GPAA, I think. Um, it's only like five bucks a month, but I actually haven't been. I need to go out, out uh, back out west or something, probably. There's, a, there's like one place in Tennessee. It's just I've been before and you can find gold. It's just like dust. Uh, some people have found a few nuggets, but I never have. I just find like tiny, tiny little flakes and it's not, it's definitely cool. not worth it. It's not worth the time or the, the money you put into it, but it's, it's still fun, you know, to do as a hobby. I just haven't been back out there, but it's hard work. To yeah. Turning over rocks and everything. Why you want some gold? Yeah, find totally. You, find you some gold. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm Are good. Hi. Um, whatever. <laughs> if you don't want gold, I mean, I'll go. I'll I'm go gold panning. I mean, that that, that sounds just fun. I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks. Sorry, sorry if I just asked a bunch of weird questions. Um, thanks for doing this though. We need to talk more. Oh man, you're great. It's you're, good. It, it's good to catch up. Yeah, you're just like a wealth of knowledge. Like I mean, just there's just so much that I can glean from, and I'm not sure what to do with it yet. You know, sorry. So it's just like, I'm just like <laughs> trying to absorb everything. So, but yeah, anytime you uh, want to talk, future though. Future conversations. Yeah, yeah, and if you ever want to like get into more, I don't know, even like into a philosophical theological stuff too let me know because i can send you a link whenever we sometimes the conversations are just totally sporadic and random and i'll just be like hey anybody free tonight so uh but they usually tend to revolve around around theology it seems like a lot of times so but if you're interested in that i can nice you're always welcome to join so but anyways yeah 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 i'll let you know Okay, well, thanks for doing this, man. Um, I can, I guess, I can end the recording here, and then we can. Is that cool? Let's see. Stop yeah. recording.